Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week's story features a domestic violence in disturbing ways. This week's story is by Amber Dre. It was first shared on the podcast in July of 2014. Here is Amber now with a story we call Bloodline. My mother has always been a really tough lady. She met my father in high school. He was a musician. He was in a band, and it was the 70s. He said, why don't you sing in my band? So for the next, you know, six years or so, they were quite a team. She would sing old rock songs like Heart and Led Zeppelin and Kansas. They split because my father couldn't deal with my mother's aggressive personality. My father just wanted to have a nice life, and my mother wanted excitement. So she left my dad and uh, kept going after different musicians and guys who just, I guess, had like a darkness about them, being in bands and playing in clubs and... I remember seeing her putting on her makeup to go out, and she just always looked like a movie star to me. I wanted to be like her. One of the things that I loved about my mother was she always told me that I was beautiful and smart. She made me feel that that was true and that I could be anything I wanted to be. 
she bought me this little book about friendship and how we were best friends. And that book I treasured forever. I actually still have it. As I got older, she would continue to tell me how beautiful I was and how other people noticed that I was growing into a beautiful woman. I was getting so tall. You know, I was like eight or nine years old. And she was like, you're almost as tall as me because she was a small woman. She was like 5'2", very fit. She worked out a lot. She was just this beautiful woman who I wanted to be like, and I always wanted her approval. I'm thankful that she always gave me that approval. I never had to seek it out from her. She was very free with that. It was the fall of 1988. I was 10 years old. My mother had moved us to northern Florida to be closer to her father. We ended up living in a very rural town uh, about 20 miles away from where my grandfather lived in a trailer park. We lived with my mom's boyfriend, Jeff. The first time I met Jeff, he took my mom and me to a carnival. When he picked us up, he had a red rose and he played games for me and won me prizes and went on rides with me and he was definitely a charmer. He wasn't a big guy. He came across sort of gentle, like an artist, a musician, which is what he was. He had piercing blue eyes and a full head of brown hair that was feathered on top and long in the back, sort of like Richard Marks. When my mother told me that we were moving into this trailer, I was so excited because I had my own bathroom. As a 10-year-old, That was really exciting to be able to have my own bathroom and be able to get ready in there and have my own private space. That was the one good thing about living there. Moving in with Jeff, not so much. (laughs) I couldn't really pinpoint what it was that I didn't like about him, but just something deep down inside me knew that he was not who he said he was or pretended to be. In fact, when I went to visit my father that summer, this was actually the first time that I ever told my dad that one of my mom's boyfriends was not great. (laughs) Usually I kept that information to myself because I would rather live with my mother than not live with my mother, I guess, (laughs) Um, even if it was not a good situation. So I told my dad that I was scared of Jeff Instead of deciding that I would stay with him in Connecticut or any other number of choices, he decided to call my mother. And then my mother sat me down and said, so your father tells me that you're scared of Jeff. Why is that? I didn't know what to say. So I just said, oh, no, I didn't mean it. So I had never actually seen Jeff do anything to my mother or do anything to anyone else. But I could just tell Also, suspiciously, my mother had two black eyes when I came back from Connecticut. So that was a little bit of a clue that things were not going so well. One night in the middle of the night, I heard some commotion in the living room, which was right outside of my bedroom door. And I didn't know what it was. And I knew that Jeff was not supposed to be there because my mom had kicked him out recently. 
There was no one in the living room. None of the lights were on in the living room, but the light was on in the hallway that led down past the kitchen toward the other end of the trailer, and that's where my mother's room was. I walked toward the hallway, and I see blood smeared all along the wall. Like, it looked like someone had taken a paintbrush and just literally painted the wall with blood. The back door of the trailer was just swinging open and smacking against the side of the trailer. I think the blood really set something off inside me. I was very scared. I didn't know what had happened. I'd never seen blood like that before. I did hear some voices outside the trailer, so I figured my mom must be out there. So I stepped down the stairs in my bare feet and padded across the wet grass around the side of the trailer. And I saw in the driveway my mother lying down on her back and Jeff holding her down with his arms. I couldn't just watch my mother be beaten and I ran over to him in my flimsy cotton nightgown and jumped on his back and started pounding on his back and screaming, get off my mother, get off my mother. It was almost like he didn't even realize I was there. He just kept holding my mother down and murmuring, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. You have to listen to me. And my mom was struggling as best she could to get away from him, but her face was completely bloody and swollen. Her eyes were practically swollen shut. I just kept pounding on his back. I wasn't scared that he was going to hurt me. I just wanted him to stop. A light turned on across one of the trailers down the street and somebody stepped out on their porch. I yelled and I said, please help, we need help. That's when Jeff finally realized that he wasn't alone and he jumped up, throwing me off his back. I landed on the gravel and scraped my hands. Jeff ran to his blue pickup truck and tore off across the lawn and down the street. I felt relieved that he'd left, finally. I was afraid he might come back. He um, wasn't supposed to be there that night. My mom had kicked him out. I knew that he could come back at any time. So I ran into the trailer. I got some shoes. I got a washcloth and put cold water on it and brought it back out to my mom, who was lying in the driveway. And she pressed it to her face. I could tell she was in a lot of pain. She could barely open her eyes. Her lip was busted open. There was blood around her nose and eyes and on her clothes. And I hoisted her up, put her arm over my shoulder. We stumbled down 
toward the main road, which was completely dark. There were no streetlights in this part of Florida, just completely black, just grassland and swamp on either side. It's just like a long two-lane country road. There were no other cars around. We stumbled down the road. I knew there was a gas station about a half mile down the road. So I um, just went there thinking maybe somebody there would be able to help or at least call the police or an ambulance or something. When we finally made it to the convenience store, there were some men there who uh, looked like maybe they were going to go do a construction job or something. They had like a van and they saw my mother and me and they ran over and helped us and lifted my mother into the back of the van. I was like, my mother needs a hospital. They were just like, okay, just don't let her fall asleep. I sat with her in the back of the van and held her hand and, you know, say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just don't fall asleep. We finally got to the hospital. It was about 20, 30 minutes away. And the men just dropped us off at the emergency room and went off to their job or wherever and started to get light at this point. You know, it must have been like four or five in the morning. Turned out that she had a broken nose, and this was actually her second broken nose within the last six months. The first had happened over the summer when I was visiting my dad. My mom had said that it was, you know, she just fell and hit her face on the table. But I knew it was Jeff that did it. She had some cracked ribs and... She was in shock, so she had to stay in the hospital for a few days. The state did press charges against Jeff, but he claimed self-defense. He claimed that a 100-pound, 5'2 Filipino woman was attacking him, and he needed to defend himself against her. And uh, this was, you know, in the late 80s, and... They didn't take domestic violence that seriously back then, especially in northern Florida. And then uh, Jeff was a charmer, and he used those same charms on the female public defender he got. She helped him get out of the assault charges. He got out of jail, and he did have a restraining order, but he didn't care (laughs) that he wasn't supposed to come within 50 yards of us, so he kept following my mother all around town or trying to find out where she worked, where she was going, who she was seeing. He uh, showed up at my grandfather's house with a shotgun and threatened to kill my grandfather if he didn't tell him where my mother was. So my mom decided it was probably best for us to move back in with Jeff because then he would not try to kill us, I guess. Logic was never a strong suit of my mother's. So we ended up living with Jeff again, and we stayed in hotels and motels and scraped together money. You know, my mother and him would go and try to find work at construction sites or random odd jobs, and I would just stay in a hotel all day long waiting for them. Finally, my mom did enroll me in school, But then two days later, she decided to just send me back to my dad's. So I stayed with my dad for a few weeks, right through Christmas. And then when I came back, 
my mom had finally told me that she was leaving Jeff and we wouldn't have to ever see him again. And uh, that was actually the best Christmas present I got that year besides the cherry red electric guitar my dad got me. One day my mom said that she was going to go down to Miami for a little while and tour with this band. She always wanted to be a singer, so this was her chance. And so she took off, and then I didn't see her again for four years. My mother was just too aggressive. She needed a man who was going to control her, but she didn't want to be controlled. It was sort of like a contradictory state that she was constantly getting herself into. Pretty much every single man she's been with has hurt her physically, and I tell her that I'm there for her if she does need some place to go. I will help her as much as I can. After a certain point, there really is only so much you can do. But, you know, that was probably one of the best decisions my mom ever made. <laughs> Letting me go live with my dad and having some stability for the first time in my life. She wanted to get away from Jeff. She knew that if she didn't leave that town, he would just continue to harass her and try to beg her to get back together with him. So she had to get away. I think she also needed me to be in a safe place for a while and be away from her. I knew that she did it because she loved me, and that was the only way that she could keep me safe, was to get away from me. And I'm forever thankful for her doing that. That is all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com. the champagne ready the nba finals are here welcome to the nba finals let's raise our glasses and our rings to the two phenomenal teams left standing My goodness. here's the high stakes action to thrilling moments we can't miss he ties the game at the buzzer and to crowning our next champion here's a toast to the nba finals the 2024 NBA Finals presented by YouTube TV continue on ABC.